0: This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at nbasoundsystem.com for more. Now, to the host for this edition of NBA Sound System Live, Carlin Gay and Micah Adams.
1: Michael, we are closing in on a month away from the return of the NBA. I am excited. Welcome to NBA Sound System. Michael, where's your excitement level on a scale
0: of 1 to 10? I feel like each day as we creep closer and closer and closer to actual basketball, it's kind of what my excitement's doing. So just every single day, we're like 0.1 on the scale higher. We're getting there, baby. 0.1 Point one on the scale. All right. We'll we'll take that. That's no, still, no, uh, point still one fun. higher every day. It's it's oh, okay, point, point one, one higher than yesterday of the year, and it'll be point one tomorrow and tomorrow and the day after that.
1: So slow build for Mike Adams as he gets excited for the return <laughs> of the NBA season. We hope you're a little bit more excited out there in uh, podcast <laughs> land. Uh, of course this is the NBA Sound System L I V E Live. You find us here every single Tuesday at three PM Eastern Time, uh, noon Pacific and around the world in multiple countries. You're hearing us in India. You're hearing us in Australia. Shout out to you guys if you're staying up late listening to us live as we do this. Uh, We're going to kind of zig while everybody else is zagging this week, Micah, and talk about players that might not necessarily get a lot of the spotlight in the Orlando bubble. Uh, One of the players in particular uh, kind of got us talking about this subject, and that's Davis Bertans, who's had a great season this year, but he's decided to sit out Restart of the NBA season because he wants to get ready for free agency. Uh, Bertance has had, like I said, an an absolutely incredible year, a career year, but he's also dealt with injuries in the past. Uh, and based off what he's shown us in 2019 2020, Fifteen points per game, and uh, really, the, sh- the three-point shooting is really what stands out. Not that he's been a bad three-point shooter, but the volume going up and his efficiency staying the same—shooting forty-three percent from three-point range at almost nine attempts per game—absolutely crazy. Any team in the league would want a guy like that, and therefore, Davis Bertans is probably going to get a big payday. He didn't want to take the chance of playing in Orlando. Uh, you know, the Wizards have a very small chance of making the playoffs. So he said to himself, "You know what? I'm going to take my myself out of the Orlando sort of uh, bubble, and I'm going to focus on next season, uh, 2020, 2021. First of all, what do you think of his his decision in doing
0: that, and and is it the right one for for a Davis Bertens? I think it, I think it's absolutely the right one. Look, you, I think every single player needs to approach uh, specifically what's going on in Orlando. From a look, you you got to look out for yourself." First and foremost, here with player health at an all uh, the the question marks are on player health at an all time high. Bertans is to somebody too that you know he has yet to get that big that big payday. We we use big obviously it's all all relative here. You know he made seven million dollars this past even seven before that and prior to that you know didn't really make old whole ton so he's somebody out there that for the first time in his career is in a position to really uh exercise what like you said has been a career year and i'm not sure that people even quite yet realize just how good of a season he had so entering the season there were only three players in all of nba history that have ever shot over 40 percent from three on over eight attempts per game and there are guys that you might have heard of because they're probably the three best shooters of all time it's steph curry it's clay thompson and it's ray allen like that's the type of shooting that burton's provided this season so it's not like just like hey yeah he's a nice shooter that you know can kind of stretch the floor a little bit no like burton's did it at a rate and at a volume that we just we've literally only seen from the best shooters this sport has ever seen so Look, if if his team was not kind of just there with it with a hail mary and a hope and a, and a full court heave shot of even getting into uh, that top eight, then like maybe we could have a conversation where we should be talking about yeah, he should be playing. He's putting his team at a disservice, but come on, the, the the Washington Wizards they're they're basically there to just play eight more games unless they go eight and zero. Catch fire, all the dominoes fall right, and even then, running into the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think Bertans is absolutely unequivocally making the right decision.
1: Yeah, he's uh, coming off. He'll be coming off a two-year, fourteen million-dollar uh, contract, which uh, he's probably he's, he's getting a race. Like uh, I, I'm not his agent, but I think his agent's going to uh, find a, find it an easy task at getting him a big payday coming off the great season he's had. Uh, so Bertans not showing up in Orlando but let's talk about some of the players who could potentially be free agents at the end of the season or who will flat out be free agents at the end of the season uh who may or may not we haven't we we don't know yet but we assume will be in Orlando and and eight games may have a lot to play for when you talk about what happens next year. And the first guy I want to start with is a, its a guy that's very interesting. He has a player option uh, in, for, for next season, so he's not going to be a flat-out free agent unless he chooses to. But that's DeMar DeRozan. And the San Antonio Spurs are in the similar boat as the Washington Wizards, where they have to get super hot. I mean, they have to turn into an inferno to make it to the playoffs this season. Uh, so likely they won't make it. But DeMar still has one more year on his contract if he chooses to. But in these eight games, he could really showcase himself and maybe interest some teams that may be interested in his skill set.
0: The thing that's interesting to me is, so, you know, I I think up until this season being suspended, DeRozan was one of those guys that we we were talking about as likely to opt out. I, I think even on March 10th, Ah, uh, there was a report that came out that said if he and the San Antonio Spurs were unable to come to a contract extension, that he'd be opting out. Of course, to Rose, and then uh, poured some water on those reports. We we all know how that goes. And then obviously, the the kind of the the, the season just kind of uh, took a, took an unprecedented turn with the coronavirus and and season being extended uh suspended so look now we have no idea yet what's going to go on with the salary with the salary cap and who's going to have room and then you look at the teams who do have room uh it's not exactly like there's a long list out there uh with people willing to spend money and so all of a sudden DeRoz- that 27.7 million that's a lot of money to turn down uh <laughs> if you're Dermot de rosen right
1: yeah, it is, it is a ton of money, which is funny because we weren't thinking that it was a ton of money, you know, three months ago. I mean, to you and I, of course, that's a ton of money. Everything's relative here. But it was, as you said, consensus that he was probably going to opt out and test a free agent market and probably would have made that sort of money somewhere else, maybe on a contender with San Antonio slowly coming so, back down to earth after their great time. So go ahead.
0: Well, what I was going to say is, I think it's important here to, to point out, like, so if Demar Derozan opts out, right? He's a guy that obviously, uh, given his pedigree, uh, his penchant for being able to score, and also his age, like he turns thirty-one in August. So, whatever, he, whenever his next deal comes, this is probably the last big deal uh, that Demar Derozan is going to get. So the, the the six teams currently projected to have cap space are the hawks the knicks the pistons the hornets the heat and the suns and right off the bat really the only one of those teams that fits under that contender umbrella that you just talked about uh, would be the miami heat who obviously they have their uh sights set on the summer of 2021 as does every other glitzy big market franchise that uh dreams of signing Giannis or lebron or Kawhi or paul george or any of those guys so You just, you look at the landscape and unless it's one of those teams like the Knicks or the Pistons or the Hornets that just says, you know what? We just want DeMar DeRozan because we can sell some tickets. He can put up some big numbers. He's a guy that I really think in these eight games, especially with LaMarcus Aldridge out, has the opportunity to really put up some massive numbers in 629 minutes this season without LaMarcus Aldridge on the floor. uh, DeMar DeRozan's per 36 numbers. 26 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds on 50% shooting. Those are, forget All-Star, that's like All-NBA type production. So uh, DeMar DeRozan is a fascinatingly tricky player uh, to peg what's going to happen to him based off of uh, what might just be an 8-game sample size down in Orlando.
1: Yeah, you brought up an interesting point, the summer of 2021 that everyone is holding out for. Uh, It may be a little bit different now that the world has absolutely changed. I'm going to get your thoughts on that in just a moment. But first, Micah, the NBA is coming back at the end of July. And to be honest with you, my friend, uh, I actually wish that soccer took that time off as well, because my Arsenal Gunners were embarrassing last week. Absolutely embarrassing. Um, David Luiz... You should be ashamed of yourself. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, But I don't know. I I don't know what our uh, sister podcast, Sound System FC, will say about David Luiz. I really hope they destroy him because he deserves it. But if you're a soccer fan out there, you should be listening to Sound System FC. Sound System FC is now back uh, after a little slight hi- hiatus for the soccer season. Uh, they're breaking down the Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga, and beyond. Want to know what Americans around the world or overseas are doing? Sound System FC has you covered. By the way, Micah, I know you're a big fan of Christian Pusilic. Came back, scored this weekend for Chelsea. Scored, right? Uh, he, yeah, he yeah. scored this weekend for Chelsea. Beautiful goal. He just came on the you know on the pitch, and it was it was awesome. Uh, so, Sound System FC, FC has you covered. Say that again.
0: I was going to say, can Frank Lampard start him? Can Frank Lampard (laughs) start him, please?
1: Seriously. Uh, That that, that is a a head scratcher why he's not starting. But he's back, and he scored this weekend. uh, And Sound System FC will have you covered through that. And also the return of the MLS, which is coming back in mid-July. They'll keep you up to date there. So don't wait. Search it now. Sound System FC. Search it and subscribe. Sound System FC, of course, the home for soccer. All right, Micah. Um, we we touched on it before that little break there. Uh, the 2021 summer. You mentioned Miami Heat maybe trying to wait out a little bit, and obviously a lot of teams are trying to wait out for the big fish that are going to be in the sea at that time potentially. Uh, what's your thoughts on what they should do now that things are different? Like it, it I mean. The world is is as we know is changed nothing is guaranteed and uh the money that you know many teams were expecting to, to potentially have at that time may not be available so should they kind of go not go in in this offseason but maybe look at this offseason a little bit different where you can pick up certain players that are on the market or should they just kind of hold off and say you know still summer of
0: 2021 I, I think what you're going to see this summer is a lot of a lot of really big one one to two year deals, uh, specifically one year deals, just teams re-signing their own guys to to massive numbers that that maybe they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, and that I, I think pertains to some players out here who, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit that are unrestricted free agents that might just look at the look at the landscape and say, man, I just, I might, I might do better next off season. or on the flip side. And we've seen this happen previously where there have been so many players that wait and that if you're not among those guys on that upper crust, you kind of get left for pennies on the dollars of what you would have made. So it's a really interesting scenario. Like a, a guy, let's just go right into him. A guy like yeah. Fred Van Fleet, for example, uh, who's a, you know, he made, made about $9 million this year with the Toronto Raptors, complete unrestricted free agent this season. Uh, And there were some talks of him getting as much as potentially being a $20 million a year player. So if you're a team out there right now, are you willing to spend $80 million for four years of Fred Van Fleet? And maybe if you're Fred Van Fleet, do you you all of a sudden take a look and say, man, do I want to just sign another one year deal and bet on myself yet again in Toronto to play for next summer? Or maybe there's a team out there that maybe now you can get him for 65 instead of 80 because you're you're kind of leveraging Van Fleet against his own risk analysis of whether or not he wants to wait. So I, I like he's a fascinating case study I think for for what we're about to see play out here uh, in, in in the off months. He feels like the bar,
1: right? Like, he feels like he's about to set the market. I I, I really feel like Fred VanVleet has the opportunity. Like, whatever happens with Fred VanVleet is, is probably what happens across the board for a lot of players that are going to be unrestricted free agents heading into this offseason that is going to be super short. And you just name the teams that are going to have cap space. I mean... Van Vliet already has his ring, so he's not in a situation where he's chasing a ring. He's already won a championship. He knows what it takes, and he did that at a discount. He gave the Raptors a a discount on two years, $18 million. Now it's time to take care of his family. Now it's time to take care of himself, and I have no problem with that, but where do you see that happening out of the six teams that may have cap space uh, in in the offseason?
0: Well, I think that the Pistons are a team uh, that have been linked to him for for quite some time. They're gonna have a, a need in the backcourt, uh, and and another one of those teams uh, that could probably use a steady hand uh, in the backcourt is also the Knicks. Now, I, I you know, the, I think a lot of people would point at the, like the Knicks overpaying for Fred Van Fleet as they like what are the Knicks doing but he's a really solid player he's not the type of guy that you typically see the Knicks go out and splurge on right um so I I think I think it'll probably be the Pistons but the the Knicks are there I think look Miami even makes some sense we just talked about Miami being potentially a team that wants to kick uh, kick the bucket down the street uh, for another year yet at the same time maybe they look at it and say look we're ready to win now we're ready to compete now yeah. we can't play for three years from now uh you could do a lot worse than a uh point guard who plays both sides of the ball who doesn't need the ball in his hands who has championship experience who would certainly buy into everything that eric is building or has built there in miami so uh i i fred van fleet i think is actually kind of the rare guy where yeah maybe he signs one year uh in order to kind of delay his payday again but if he were to want to cash in there's there's probably three if not four teams among those with a lot of room that actually makes some sense for him there he's
1: also in an interesting situation on the toronto raptors i mean he's not the only one that's going to be up for grabs that can Make a difference to a team that's maybe on the cusp of breaking through to to being at a championship level, or someone that's looking for a quality starter to take them over to the next two to three years. Marcus Saul is going to be uh, in that boat as well. Uh, Serge Ibaka is going to be in that boat as well. The Raptors would love for Stanley Johnson to get out of uh, out of the deal that he's in right now. <laughs> um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, another player uh, on the Raptors that has potential uh, to, to hit the market as well. So you you have you have a couple pieces there uh in toronto and i mean if i'm Masayu Jerry in toronto i think i put fred van vliet as the priority to maybe bring back and then maybe one of either gasol or abaka whichever one uh abaka would probably be my choice yeah. to be honest with you uh for the long term there but if if he gets bounced out of toronto where would be the best landing spot you mentioned three teams you could see him at but for him specifically where would be the best landing spot
0: I mean, if if the Miami Heat are willing to pony up uh, and throw their money at Fred Van Fleet, that to me feels like kind of a no brainer. Because I, I for all, for all the reasons that we just talked about, culture wise, style of play, I think he fits. They're a team that's ready to win. He doesn't have to go through a rebuild. Uh, I mean, Kendrick Nunn's been a really nice story, and he's uh, you know he's been a nice piece there, but. Miami's they're depending a lot on on a lot of really young playmakers I know Goran Dragic is getting up there in years he's coming off the bench but playing some uh sort of down the stretch of close games I uh, fit alone uh I like I like Miami I'm just dubious as to whether or not they're gonna pay to keep him in and I also think it bears worth repeating like he can get paid and stay in Toronto if Toronto decided like look He's our point guard of the future. We have Kyle Lowry uh, on on the books for one more year. You know, we'll, we'll play one more year, paying them both, and then if if we just if we let Kyle go, we do that, or we we keep them both together. It's it's not like Toronto won't have the opportunity to spend big in order to keep their own guy here. So we shouldn't just cast that aside either. They might just decide. Look, there were there were rumors entering this season whether or not Masai might trade Kyle Lowry or trade Marcus or trade Serge Ibaka who knows maybe they ultimately decide we're going to we're going to go with Van Fleet, we're going to trade Kyle Lowry and we're going to we're going to hit hit the reset button that a lot of people thought we were going to hit uh, 12 months ago
1: yeah, it's, it's an interesting scenario for, for the Toronto Raptors. Another team that has a very interesting scenario heading into the offseason with probably one of the most interesting players that might hit the free agent market, and that is a guy we talked about in our all-NBA discussion who's having a nice season. Uh, maybe the contract year bump sort of helped him out. Also, injuries definitely played a factor in the fact that he's playing a lot more minutes than he planned on playing this season uh, in Portland. And, of course, I'm talking about Hassan Whiteside. He's going to be a free agent uh, this after this season, and he's on a team where Carmelo Anthony, who you know they they pulled broke glass in case of emergency and pulled him off the couch to bring him on the team and play a little bit. He's going to be a free agent too, and then you also have uh, an option, a, a player option for Rodney Hood, that six million that he could take and maybe hit the open market. And heading into Orlando, we already know that Trevor Ariza is not going to be there, uh, so they may get you you know Nurkic back. We'll have to see how he looks, but. What does that look like for Hassan Whiteside? Does he have to play well in Orlando to, to maybe land somewhere at maybe the last big contract he can get at 31 years old?
0: I, I'm absolutely fascinated uh, by what's going to happen with Whiteside for, for all the reasons that you just thought. And, and we should also throw in uh, Zach Collins uh, in addition to Nurkic. Looks like he's going to be ready to go as well. So, I mean, Hassan Whiteside, like, it, it's really. I, Look, he's had a bad rap i think for a while and deservedly so right like he for his entire career anytime he's put up big numbers there's been there's been some empty calorie uh shtick that goes along with it but that has not been the case this season 16 points 14 rebounds a game over three blocks leading the league the blazers have been nine points better per 100 possessions with him on the floor than with him off so he's been really good uh almost just out of necessity because portland simply doesn't have any other big guys yet at the same time like he's a guy making 27 million dollars this season i was actually shocked uh when we, when we were looking uh and you know preparing to come on today i i actually just didn't know that he was 31 i i would have assumed that oh he's like 27 28 but you're right i think this is probably Uh, In the same boat as DeRozan, kind of a last opportunity to get paid a little bit. Uh, And, you know, he's another guy that you look at the teams that have the type of money that Whiteside would be looking to get. Like the Hawks just traded for Clint Capella. The Knicks already have Mitchell Robinson. The Pistons just went down this road with Andre Drummond and traded him because they didn't want to pay him this summer. So they're not all of a sudden going to pay Hassan Whiteside what they wouldn't have ponied up for Andre Drummond. The Suns already have DeAndre Ayton. My, the Miami Heat have already been there, done that. They're good with Hassan Whiteside. So, like, is he the guy that, like, Michael Jordan decides that they're going to overpay and you bring him to Charlotte? Which, if they do that, I feel sorry for every Hornets fan that's that's out there. Uh, but... <laughs> What, I, I just, White, Whiteside is, is a beyond fascinating player just because of who's coming back in Portland, who's not going to be there in Portland, and his contract status, and the fact that he just let the league in blocks for the second time in his career. Uh, I, I'm wildly fascinated to see what happens in the eight games with him uh, down in Portland. If you
1: had to guess, do you think he comes back to Portland on a, obviously a much lesser deal than $27 million, which, which he made this season uh, a year? or do you see Portland saying you know what you can walk buddy and and
0: and you know go somewhere else I I really I hope for his sake that he stays because I think like and Damian Damian Willard has gotten to him in a way that no one no other player's been able to get to Sun Whiteside Damian Willard is uh if not the best leader in the league one of the one of the handful of best leaders so if he doesn't do that uh, maybe you would you would hope that he would just go to somewhere that has a really strong locker room presence. Unfortunately, a lot of those teams like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Warriors are all luxury tax teams that, that won't even be able to spend a a, a a healthy exception in order to get a player like White said. So like, if he wants to get paid, it's either stay in Portland and hope that they pay him even though they have Zach Collins and they have Yusuf Nurkic or it's you just go get paid one more time and maybe we see the the Miami Heat-Whiteside emerge but I, I hope for his sake he stays in Portland because I he's been a he's been a real joy to watch this season and and I've loved seeing this version of Hassan Whiteside
1: you brought up the Charlotte Hornets uh, and, and a team that might actually go out and get him, or have have cap room to get him. He's from Charlotte. He's from he's from Gastonia, and and uh, which is just outside of Charlotte. And. They might lose Bismarck Biombo as their, you know, their center rim protector sort of guy, and Coley Zeller. He's not really locked in at that starter position. Whiteside like could come into Charlotte and potentially start on day one in his home, in his backyard, to finish out his career. How about that? Think about that. Um, Carmelo Anthony, no, I don't at 36 want to think about, about that. <laughs> I don't want either, but it, it, it could happen. Carmelo Anthony at 36 years old uh, is potentially. Uh, it, we thought it was his final season three years ago, um, he's come in, he's played well for Portland, do you see Portland giving him one more year, or is it time for, if they get rid of Whiteside, and if they lose Rodney Hood as you know, with a player option, and Melo's now gone, is it time for Portland to find new pieces to kind of fit around Dame and CJ, who they're locked into for at least till 2023-24?
0: Both of them. well the one the one yeah the what the one good thing about Melo is is and this is I think irrespective of where he goes next is it's not like you you, you have to pay somebody to play right so like it's not like Melo is a guy that's going to go out there and command ten million dollars a year or even probably six or seven right so if you can get Carmelo whether it's for a vet minimum or part of a part of a, an exception why not because I I think that he's proven. Uh that he can he can play the the role that's been asked of him in Portland is you know, he's a, he's a spot up power four. I think he played 86% of his minutes at power four this season, shot 38% on catch and shoot threes, and I think if we were to see and and that's by the way playing a bigger role than probably he would have expected to. Right, but so hold on. I, I think, that you know, that role's wait.
1: not going to Hold on. That role's not going to be available for him next season, right? You mentioned Nurkic is, it, is back. Why not? Zach Collins is coming back. Like those minutes are those minutes are going to be a lot less than what he played this year. He I mean, dude was a starter this year. He's not, that's not happening next year. No,
0: I, I, I don't necessarily mean as a starter, but I, I mean, like like the role, I think when they signed him, the role was, I, I, I know that those guys were already out, right? Like Nurkic was out before the season started. Zach Collins was out three games into the season. I mean, that's the part of the break glass reason for signing him was they literally needed bodies but I do think that there's a world in which you could go to Carmel and say, we want you to be a part of our seven, eight man rotation. We can play you 20 to 25 minutes a game off the bench. Uh, And, and, and by the way, when he's coming off the bench, you you could run more of the offense through him as sort of a secondary playmaker off of either Dame or CJ or whoever's resting. I I, I do think that there's, he's played well enough that if it's not Portland, I could see one of those contending teams, Even ones that are in the luxury tax and can't go, uh, you know, spend to get somebody that's really a a big time needle mover. Like I could see I could see a team talking themselves into Carmelo based upon what we've seen so far this season.
1: Yeah, I'm not convinced. You uh, disagree. You're out. Yeah, I, I'm out. I mean, he 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 played well this season because he was getting his way in terms of he started every single game. He he started all fifty games he appeared in. He played over thirty minutes per game, and when he was asked to come off the I, bench, that's when things started to break down, and that happened in Houston. And he
0: didn't he didn't last ten games. I have another. I have I have a wild card team for you that I think you're gonna laugh and you're gonna throw back in my face in disgust. But I have guess. one for is you. It that the, I think is it the Lakers? It is not the Lakers. Now, every, no, that's boring. Everyone thinks it's the Lakers. He, I don't think he's ever going to play with LeBron, even though they're, they're they're buddies. But I do have another team that, that I think uh, wants to win. They need some scoring. They are another team that's completely cash-strapped and doesn't have any way of really upgrading. And they're a team with a history of taking and rolling the dice on these types of players. Do you know who I'm talking about? Care to guess on the team... That would be fun uh, for Carmelo no clue. next
1: year. No clue. Go for it.
0: The, go- the Golden State Warriors. Oh. Didn't
1: even think yeah. about them. Um, and I wouldn't wish that upon them.
0: No? You don't, you no, don't think no. that Steph and Draymond and Clay and Steve Kerr can, can talk Carmelo into a nice little six-man run off the bench? Gunning threes yeah. off the ball?
1: I think you're being fooled nope. by he, how, how well-behaved he was in Portland this season. It's not happening. The dude had almost 14 shots per game. He was happy. He was starting. He can't go anywhere else on a contending team and have the sort, of, uh, sort of happiness that he had in terms of the minutes and shots that he got in Portland this season. And that happened because guys were injured. He's going to have to – and I don't want to wish injury on anyone, but there's going to have to be a scenario where teams are injured and, and they you know have Carmelo come through and – Oh, but, I, I just can't see but, it. I can't see it.
0: But look who look who Golden State is trotting out there, right? They're they're gonna be giving minutes to Jordan Poole and unsigned free agents. Don't and do that. First round they're draft. Not they're look, they're, they're to looking Jordan to win. They're, they're a team that wants to be contending for an NBA title again. You have to have competent players that you could roll out there. We're I can gonna what, that what world gonna do have. we live in? I feel like I feel like in the span of three months, with no games, now all of a sudden I'm defending Carmelo Anthony, I'm defending Ben Simmons, I'm defending Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. What on earth is? Yeah, I, I don't know what's, what's happening. happening. To be. Honest. I don't
1: know what's happening, but you, don't forget that they're going to have a top, at least a top five draft pick. You know, Eric Pascal, Pascal. Sorry, you know, played really well this year, so he should at least come off the bench, and I would play him over Carmelo if you're thinking about the future. I mean they, they
0: you bring up Jordan Poole he's like the the, the 13th man on the team. <laughs> hey, you got to get you got to find you got to find buckets from somebody. And if Carmelo has proven anything this year next to Damon CJ is that he can play off of a high powered backcourt and and give him 30 minutes a game and 15 points and shoot 38% on catch and shoot threes as he did. You could yeah, do yeah, I think far worse. one of the most yeah, you can. You could do far you worse than Carmelo. Do, you You're could right. do far worse than Carmelo Anthony.
1: Don't do. You're that. right. Uh, I think Portland is one of the most interesting teams, not because of what they can do and, ma- and maybe even make the playoffs, but because of what you just mentioned. You know, they have a ton of guys that are looking to get paid and looking for their next job next season. Um, there's a lot of guys who have the option, player options, to to move off uh, and and become free agents in the offseason. And if we flip conferences and look at the east coast and specifically the boston celtics gordon hayward who quietly is coming back to life uh and coming back closer to the guy that we saw in utah and um he has a player option this year that uh could potentially see him playing somewhere else next season it's 34 million dollars though
0: it's a lot of money yeah he's not he's not no don't he's not why why on earth would gordon hayward Ever say no no thanks to 34 million he might not get 34 million over four years on a contract. don't do that. that right don't do that come on
1: he, he's he's closely he's, he's coming back to life a little bit he's not you don't think he'll make 34 million dollars over four years
0: no i like no I, I do i gordon hayward is is uh among the most interesting players i think over this next stretch of eight games and what however long uh, the Boston Celtics go just because I also think that there's a chance that look, uh, uh, he's a 34 million dollar trade chip next summer as well, or next next season as well, right? Like if 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 Gordon Hayward comes, in, look the last time that we had uh, essentially three months off, which is we're, we're basically coming off an off season. Look, the first seven games of the season, this guy was 20.3 points, eight rebounds, five assists a game, shooting 56% from the field. The first like week and a half of the season, Gordon Hayward was arguably Boston's best player. He's obviously not going to be their best player uh, down in the Orlando bubble. But if he were to all of a sudden show up and show out in a really big way, who's to say that that doesn't... uh, that doesn't uh move the needle for boston being able to then maybe they flip gordon hayward if he opts in i don't think he would ever play well enough to the point of opting out uh in order to get to you know to sign that would be ludicrous uh given it's 34 million but i I do think that gordon hayward is among the most interesting players uh to watch down in boston here's a stat for you so everyone talks about The boston celtics they talk about jason tatum's emergence uh especially with the calendar flipping to uh to 2020 well since january 1st gordon hayward not jason tatum has the overall best net rating of any player uh on boston they've been about 10 points per 100 possessions better with him on the floor than off uh, he quite literally has been guarding four positions at a time boston I, I think has the potential to go super small a la what the houston rockets have been doing with with james harden and russell westbrook and pj tucker and those guys i think gordon hayward uh has the potential to be a really really impactful utility guy uh down in orlando and i think we're gonna see i think we're gonna see a very good version of him uh down in florida
1: One player we won't see in Florida that I wanted to talk about, um, but he kind of killed us a little bit here or beat us to the punch by telling us what he's going to do next season is Andre Drummond, uh, who got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I don't know if he was happy or not in terms of being traded to Cleveland. I know he wanted out of Detroit. He ends up in Cleveland. A lot of people will say that's pretty much the same thing. Uh, I disagree. But he's in Cleveland with a lot of young talent around him, and he he has a player option. Uh, for, I think, $28 million for, for next season. And apparently, he has said that he's opting in and he will be in Cleveland. So um, what does that look like for, for, for the rest of the market now that you know that Andre Drummond, another guy that you, you mentioned, Gordon Hayward, could be a trade trip. Andre Drummond could be a trade trip and could be someone that, It ends up being a rental for for a team next season. We we know that you know if the Clippers were in the same situation this year than they were last year, and maybe had a little bit more cap room on the table. uh, Do you see them going after an Andre Drummond to shore up their front line to go up against Anthony Davis or or Joel Embiid? Maybe not Joel Embiid because Andre Drummond doesn't do too well against Joel Embiid. But the other centers in the league,
0: not no. I think that's a great call. I I think that based on what we see happen this postseason, right? right, We always this is what we what happens every year, right? Is a team that fancies itself as a contender, uh, goes into a playoff series, and then some, some major weakness uh, is exposed, right? And then, and then you see teams overreact and overreach as, as a means to kind of plug that gap. So I think what happens in Orlando uh, could be critical for what happens with, with Andre Drummond next uh, next season. If I mean, you mentioned the Clippers, the Celtics are another team, and we, we just talked about Gordon Hayward. Now, what do we do if all of a sudden, the Celtics have zero answer for Giannis or Joel Embiid. Could they be a team that all of a sudden uh, looks to Cleveland and says, hey, why don't we do something with Gordon Hayward and Andre Drummond? So that, I, there are other teams out there uh, as well that I think that you could look at because I think Andre Drummond is a player that like, you know, he, he's an all-star, puts up really big rebounding numbers, double-double machine. Uh, but I, I, re- I weirdly think that people have been kind of, I, is he underrated to you now? No, I think he's underrated. I think he's become underrated
1: I, I don't think he is I mean he's a fantasy he's you know? a fantasy darling absolute fantasy darling, but we haven't seen him in a winning situation and at any time he's he's never been able to elevate his teams for as good as his
0: numbers have been, his teams have been bad they they they've, look i i have i have not been a drummond guy but i feel like i feel like his team's not contending has more to do with just the fact that like he was making an obscene amount of money and it had had a little bit probably more to do with teams looking to build around andre drummond as opposed to teams viewing andre drummond as a piece so i think like he's been miscast kind of for much of his career or certainly the last couple of years in Detroit I think he was miscast as this franchise altering number 1 number 2 option type of guy and just because he has not been able to elevate his teams doesn't necessarily mean like he's an elite an elite 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 rebounder and yeah, look I I think some of his block numbers might be skewed a little bit guy guys really active in passing lanes uh you, you don't really have to you you can play him straight up against the biggest guys in the league which look there's not many guys that you could throw at the Joel Embiid's, the Anthony Davises, the Nicole Jokic's of the world. He is one of those guys. So I don't know. I, I just I th- I think that there are, I just think that there's something to be said for what he does do. Uh, to the point that I I kind of just now think he's weirdly underrated, uh, and I think he could provide real value uh, to a team in need of a difference-making big.
1: I think though that if you were to take Andre Drummond and say to a contending team. Here he is. Uh, you don't have to get much. This is what you what you, you're going to get out of him. He's more Hassan Whiteside to me than he is Marcus. All. I, I just don't think That's that. You know, I think. I think that he's he's gonna. You're gonna have a tough time trying to figure out a role for him, especially offensively. Uh, if you're not going out of your way to get him looks, pick and roll wise, or or anything like that. He's he, he's 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 going to become a zero offensively if the ball or if the, the the play doesn't involve him in, in some way, shape, or form. He's not a guy that you can just sit out on the wing and hope that he's going to knock down threes. That's not his game, or he's not going to be someone you can give the ball to in the post and say, all right, make a play for us. He, that's that's just not his game.
0: Can I can I give you another name of, of somebody that maybe he reminds me a little bit of it? Because I, I agree with you that I think he's probably closer to that white side mold than a Gasol mode, but... He's not far off, like like numbers production wise. I, not shooting as many threes, but like Serge Ibaka kind of had that rep too, right? As a like a big, big block, big rebound guy in Oklahoma City, but didn't really move the needle a whole lot with winning. And then he goes to Toronto, and the, the, all the guy does is win now. Could he be an Ibaka type?
1: I don't know because Ibaka at least. He- even if even if Ibaka wasn't hitting threes up until the last couple of years at least he had a mid-range game that you had to respect like the at a certain point when when Ibaka really got good in Oklahoma City it he was able to turn around and face up and hit that jump shot at 16 18 feet whereas Andre Drummond's not doing that you you can't you can't trust him to to shoot those type of shots so I, th- I still think that Andre Drummond's game offensively is, I don't want to say a complete negative but it's tough to find it's it's going to be tough to find him buckets if he's not involved in the play and or or one of the first or secondary options in the play and you know his his numbers are insane i mean are solid uh you know but he's always been one of the first two options on a team what's he going to do when he's the, the fifth option fourth option on a team he's not getting those double digit you know scoring figures he's going to look more closer to what we saw in his rookie season where uh you know he, he he was you know barely playing 20 minutes a game and uh he showed you a little bit but he, he he wasn't scoring much
0: you don't think he could play a tristan thompson type of role where he's he's rebounding he's crashing the boards he's setting screens uh he's a role man he's active defensively you don't think he could have a tristan thompson like impact similar to to how he did on those those cap teams with Kyrie and sure. love and lebron
1: no question, he he can definitely well, that's do that. But, not a pro-
0: but so he could be the fourth the fourth best player on a
1: championship team. That's, but I was that's b- a lot. what I was going to say is what I was going to say is that the chances of that that being the 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 role that he would want to play is is you know slim to none. That's fair.
0: Twenty six years old, he's, still, he's still a guy. Look, I can't, I can't. He is a guy. I'm the, I, look, I can't tell you what role he wants to accept versus not accept. But like he's he's been there, done that with the Detroit Pistons. So what's he gonna? If he wants to go sign big money somewhere and go make a, a gob of money, whether it's staying in Cleveland or going to Charlotte or, I mean, Atlanta was rumored for a long time until they traded. Stop, Stop signing guys to Charlotte. Um, we don't want him here. <laughs> I don't want
1: to watch more bad guys We've seen here. enough of it.
0: <laughs> you just clamored for white Whiteside to come home 10 minutes ago.
1: I'd take it back now. I do not clamor for that. Take it back. Uh, all right. That we've uh, is there is there any other players that we didn't mention that you wanted to get out there just as a as a quick note side note?
0: I mean, it's it's he's not going anywhere. He's going to be a Laker next year. But for you know, technically speaking, Anthony Davis could become a free agent. You know, weirder yeah, things have can. happened, right?
1: Weirder things have happened. This has been an interesting pod, my friend. I uh, appreciate you being alongside. Appreciate you and podcast land for listening to us. Uh, if you have friends in the basketball community. Tell them to go ahead, find NBA Sound System on their favorite podcast app. Search it, subscribe, download, uh, and then pass the information along. That's how we grow here. Uh, For Mike Adams, I am Carlin Gay. We will see you next week, same time, same channel, right here on NBA Sound System.